right, Nick. Tough one. Uh, a tough one. I'm not even really sure there's a there's a word in the vocabulary that would do justice of what we've witnessed the last two nights. Abysmal is perhaps the closest thing I can come to it as fast as my brain will calculate. But 16-6, to the Reds are losers again to the team from the north side of Chicago. They are now back to three games, I believe, behind the uh, Cincinnati Reds. And there's a chance, believe it or not, Nick, that the Reds could win tomorrow. I do want to remind everyone before we get into all this, and I know at times it may become negative, it may become toxic, it may become uh, whatever term you want to use. But the reality is, is that I do want to remind everyone, before we get the show started, I told myself I was going to do this, that if the Reds were to win tomorrow, that it was a serious split, nothing changes, and you move on. Even though it feels ridiculous to say that and gross, I do want to get that out of the way. Nick, I'm not sure where you want to start, but I'm going to let you lead us into into this show. Yeah, it was an ugly one tonight. I mean, I felt like last night was a little bit like easier to stomach, right? Like you just did one of those nights you just don't have it. You just get shelled. Tonight it's a lot tougher, man. You get up five two, and just it was just a lot of just uh, either mental mistakes or just bad airs and just uh yeah this one stinks but at the end of the day you got a chance to win the series tomorrow and uh you win tomorrow and it um i think pretty much washes it away because you know we kind of we did say going to this you know you win two of four hey you know what that that win uh on monday man it was huge they they won that one run game and man if you didn't win that then you're really at an uphill battle right now but yeah look it stinks it sucks it was an ugly game there's not really a whole lot more to say than that but it's one of 162, last two or two of 162. So That is true. Let's do a box score recap, and then let's get into it. All right, game three of four at Wrigley Field. Wind blowing out, and boy, was it ever blowing out as this game got going. Top of the first, Kevin Newman ripped a single almost 100 miles an hour off the bat to get the game started. And then with two outs, Spencer Steer hit his team high 16th home run just into the left center field basket. That made it 2-0 Reds. Top of the second, Joey Votto, who came in just one for his last 20 against left-handed pitching, came in just one for 13 in his career against Drew Smiley, absolutely crushed 421-foot solo home run to center field. That made it 3-0. Bottom of the third, Christopher Morrell hit a two-run home run off the dome of a Cubs fan in the bleachers. That made it 3-2 Reds. Top of the fourth, Christian Encarnacion Strand ripped a double down the line. Then Joey Votto hit his second home run of the night. That put the Reds up 5-2. Votto joins Frank Robinson and Johnny Bench as the only Reds to hit 50 home runs against the Cubs. But unfortunately, that was where the fun ended for the night. In the top of the fifth, Brandon Williams had walked the leadoff hitter. Did get a strikeout, but then a lot of single. Uh, Bell pulled him. I'm sure that'll be a, a topic of conversation tonight. Uh, Buck Farmer gave up a double and then two runs in the inning. Tied at five. Uh, Farmer came back out next inning, gave up the first two runners on base. Sims came in, tried to put out that fire. He couldn't. Three runs scored on his watch. It was 8-5. to five. Alex Young came in, and then it really got ugly with two outs. Runners on second and third. A ball was hit weakly to Nixon Zell playing third base tonight. He had all the time in the world, and for some reason, he rushed the throw. Votto couldn't bail him out. Two more runs scored. It was 10-5. TJ Friedel came off the bench, hit a solo homer in the seventh, did make it 10-6 at that point. But the Cubs showed no mercy. The Reds' defense showed no mercy. <laughs> Reds committed four years on the night. Luke Maley pitched again at some point. Reds lose 16-6. to 
Brewers did lose, though, earlier today on a Devin Williams blown save. They also lost on an air. Uh, they've now lost five of six in sweeping the Reds, which has kept the Reds a, ga- a half game up in the NL Central. As mentioned, the Cubs uh, now three games back. Everything you said in that box score recap, I can confirm I did see and I did watch. Um, let's start with Williamson really fast before we get into this lineup and defense that might take pretty much the rest of this show. I thought Williamson was pretty good tonight. I know people might actually think that that's um, blasphemy and, oh, he couldn't get out of the fifth. Well, he couldn't get out of the fifth because his manager took him out of the game. That's part of it. And the other part of it is it's 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 really tough to get out of innings when you got to get four or five outs at times. And I thought, for the most part, Williamson wasn't the benefactor of a couple early calls, but he overcame them regardless. I don't know where I am with Williamson, but I would I would I would not I would be hesitant to say that he isn't going to be a pretty serviceable starter and or serviceable arm out of the pen in a middle reliever type role at some point in his career. Maybe I'm too soft on these guys. Perhaps you tell me I'm too soft, uh, chat, but I genuinely watched this game and I didn't for one second think that Williamson was a problem. Nick, uh, I don't know how you felt about what I'm, about him specifically, but um, but next time he, his name's called to get the ball, I'll have confidence that he's going to deliver at least a chance for this Reds team to win. He struck on a career-high seven batters tonight. <laughs> um, I know it's probably weird in a game where he didn't last all that long, but he, uh, he he's made some improvements. The biggest flaw of his night was walking the leadoff batter. In the fifth inning, I think it was his last inning. Um, that's kind of been the one thing that that's held him back the most. It hasn't been as bad at the major league level as it was in the minors. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's a solid pitcher. I didn't have an issue with David Bell pulling him. It, it just it didn't work out. I have one thing to that though, and I'm I'm doing my best to try to be as rational and level-headed and think through a lot of this stuff because when you're on air and you're live, you say things that perhaps at times you regret that you said because you were just in the moment. But at what point do you start to rationalize and think through the bigger picture of what this is as a team? The, the bullpen, Nick, can't. It cannot keep getting four and five inning wins as a bullpen. They can't, or not even wins, just holds. They can't do it. They've done it almost all year long. I don't know how many pitches he was exactly, but he was south of, I think, was he south of 80 pitches? 77. Nick, he's at 77 pitches. He's at 77 pitches. I, 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 and I, and, and listen, I actually, I'm on your side with this David Bell thing. I, I really am. I, I think that he's it's overreactionary right now to say that David Bell sucks. I think it's overreactionary right now to be like, oh, I can't stand him. He's, he's, a, he's a terrible in-game manager, et cetera, et cetera. I think, though, in my opinion, David Bell unfortunately didn't have his best night tonight in two ways. I don't think the starting lineup was what I would have preferred. I would have liked to at least ran a... I'm sorry, but I'm playing Ellie De La Cruz. I just am. I don't give a damn about his 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 offensive production at the plate right now because what you get on the other side of the ball and what you get if he does get on base at any moment is so valuable. No one else on this team can come even close to providing the value he provides outside of what he gives you at the plate. And in meaningful baseball games, and these are all meaningful, you can say every game in the entire year, 
for the rest of the way is meaningful. But let me tell you something. Games against the Cubs and games against the Brewers are ultimate. They're premium. They should be treated like different. They should be treated differently. And like it or not, for the second straight night, and I'm not trying to jump into the lineup at defense right now. I'm going to reel it back and, and make sure we stick to this pitching thing. David Bell just didn't have his best night. And for me, I'm not pulling a guy at 77 pitches when my bullpen has been asked to do what they've done all year long. If It would be a lot different for me, Nick, in saying the whole Morel splits thing and all that makes sense. It does make sense from a micro level. I do think that. But I think ultimately, too, you have to manage from a macro level, and you could make the same argument that that's why he actually started most of those guys that he started tonight was because he take a macro-level approach. But again, I'm just not taking him out. And I know that that's such a small thing to, to, to be critical of. And that's why I'm not super sideways about it. But we can't I, sit here and complain at the end of the year, Nick, that this bullpen is worn out when we take our starters out at 77 pitches in the fifth inning. I wouldn't have a problem with Brandon Williamson staying in the game with the purpose of saving your bullpen. But if we're talking about trying to win this game tonight, I think that was the best move. Let's also not forget Christopher Morell hit a 435-foot home run off of Brandon Williamson the time up before. I mean, there was two runners on base. It was a uh, a 5-3 ball game. David Bell did the exact same thing on Monday with Andrew Abbott. Gets no criticism because it worked. Pulled him, I think, four, four, and a half, four and a third innings. And Andrew Abbott's a better pitcher. And I know he probably didn't look as good as, as Brandon Williamson did tonight. But he did the exact same thing on Monday, and I didn't see the whole pile on him. I think it's just because it didn't work tonight. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Of course that's part of it. I mean, listen, anytime something doesn't work, the manager's going to get blamed more times than not, whether it's fair or unfair. I'm just saying that I think I think... I think David Bell in that moment, yes, he was going after this win tonight. He's like, let's try to win this tonight. And you know what? I don't give a damn. I don't want to say he doesn't care what happens tomorrow. But in a way, he would have been like, we're definitely not throwing our bullpen tomorrow. I'm going to let whoever it is. Luke Weaver is going to have to go out there and just suck it up. If he's getting absolutely smashed tomorrow, he's throwing six innings. And and, and to be fair to uh, Lively, he did the same thing to a small extent. But, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just... I'm just not buying the idea that you continue to take guys out at 77, 80 pitches in the fifth inning and think that the bullpen is going to be able to continue to uh, to hold it down. All right. Um, pitching in general, I actually don't. I, I think that's the one thing that I actually don't see. I know I, I'm, I'm in agreement with the, with the chat or the general public or the general fan base on a lot of things, Nick. I'm not in a really agreement on the pitching thing. I see everybody screaming and yelling about Nick Crawl, about how he needs to go out and get a starter, and he, and you know this 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 um, pitching staff's given up thirty runs or whatever the number is. Hell, it's we can do the math. It's 30, uh, 36 runs. They've given up thirty six runs in the last two games. Well, some of that's Luke Maley's pitching. Okay, can we be honest? <laughs> that's part of it. The other part of it is that we can't catch a cold. Like this defense has been atrocious, and you can't ask pitchers to go out and get five outs an inning and think that that's going to work out. I have no problem with the pitching. Maybe a small problem, but I really don't. The defense has just been bad. It's been really bad. I don't know if you want to go to that next or to the lineup, but you know that's kind of where I'm at. I really don't have a problem with the pitching. Do you? Do you have any issues with the pitching? No, I mean, no one was replacing Brandon Williamson and Ben Lively. So, like, these were guys that we had to count on either way. So, I I don't... 
I think it was a bad night for a couple of relievers um, on top of the defense. It's just, you know, it's, it's been, everything's just snowballed the last two games. But I, I can't remember a game this bad defensively. I, I'm sure there's one out there. But, man, that was that was brutal. And I, I did. I felt bad for Sinzel. Man, I, I I don't know what he was doing rushing that throw that first one and and then I think you tweeted about it. I mean, the second time it clearly was in his head. Yeah, just man, like you're getting your chance to play there, you're getting your chance to play at third base, and just. I think that that leads me to my next point to you, Nick. And I don't know where we're at with this. We got a gun. We got we got some guys that. Uh, um. Hmm. I'm trying to treat this as if I don't have a loser's mentality because sometimes I do think that that can creep yourself in and you can tell yourself and you can give yourself excuses all the time that everything's fine and it's okay and that's that and then these types of things are going to happen whatever but here's my own my only thought with where we're at as a team I just I just at times and this isn't me like overreacting I really do I just genuinely don't think we're we're not as good as we maybe think that we are. And the reason I say that is because these guys that we're bringing in consistently and we're expecting consistent things from when there's a left-handed starter are not great, in my opinion, players in general. Like, it'd be one thing if their platoon splits are one way. Like, if you told me, Nick that, hey, the right fielder is basically an adequate, he's an adequate Jake Fraley. I would actually say, okay, that's fair. But that's not what it is. It's like, it's, 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 I don't know. I mean, Stuart Fairchild, right? And me and you have been on the Stuart Fairchild train. Hand up. I, I've, I've admitted that I like Stuart Fairchild. But I can at least also admit that Stuart Fairchild is probably going to be nervous in big environments. He's not a veteran. Nick Senzel's going to be nervous probably in big environments. He's not a veteran. These guys are not proven. It's not like we're bringing in, you know, uh, again, I, I don't, Scott Rowland is a ridiculous example, but, you know, that's the kind of guy that comes to mind. Like later in his career, Scott Rowland comes off the bench on a platoon situation and he plays third base or he's a third base defensive specialist or he's, a, he's basically a defensive guy that you bring in towards the end of the games. We don't have those guys. We don't have veterans that you can rely on that are good, that are that are that excel in one area. We have a bunch of marginal MLB talent that sits behind our, call it everyday starters if you want to call it that, that when they do come in and they play in front of 40,000 people, I just don't trust them. I, I that's that's my biggest problem with David Bell starting these guys two days in a go two days in a row is because I don't trust them. Maybe you can tell me Nick that their splits are whatever, but I don't trust Kevin Newman to make big time plays in a big time game ever, ever. And maybe you could argue with me that this isn't a big time game in a big time moment. But I go and I hearken back to the same thing I said before. When you're playing the Cubs and you're playing the, the Brewers, I think it's a big-time game. And I think it's a mistake to play those guys two days in a row. And I think that it, ugly, it reared its ugly head that guys that don't get to play a whole lot can be rusty. And uh, I'm not trying to blame them wholeheartedly because I think it's not fair to Nixon Zell to say he should make every single play. I don't know if it's really fair to say that Kevin Newman should make every play at second base. But here I am, and I expect that because 
we're playing we're playing for the division so i don't know how you rationalize all that or you you see it and maybe you're obviously i know you're a little more on the side of of the opposite of me on that but that's my thought that that's that's my overall opinion about it the Stuart Fairchild that was a that was a tough ball i mean it was i agree with that Nick. i i feel like i feel like it was made out to be like oh my god he should have made that catch if he would have made that catch i feel like it would have been the wow what a great catch by Stuart Fairchild it would have been the opposite reaction i mean he took a bad route but i still don't even know if like you know what i mean like i think he just with, didn't know his uh, environment with, uh, well and, and you you have a brick wall too I don't know. I, look, the Reds are in first place, and they've been platooning all year. So if we want to lose it after one game, I, I, I guess if that's your opinion, I don't think they should bail on it because of that. I, I don't. I'm not saying they it, should bail on it, let, Nick. I'm not saying they should bail on it, but they got to pick their spots, man. Like they got to pick their spots. I just don't want Nick Senzel, Kevin Newman, and Stuart Fairchild playing all at the same time. That can't happen. This isn't jo- Jonathan India. I've crushed the guy as as much as anybody. I have. But I'm here to tell you that if Jonathan Indy is healthy, that lineup we see tonight never happens. And what I'm telling you is in this short period of time without Jonathan India, we have to overextend guys and ask him to do more until he gets back if that's how we want to treat it. I'm not playing those three guys on the same night. Not doing it. I think part of it was also wanting to get get a couple guys a day off. The Reds are in a stretch of 13 games in a row. So I think that was more like why Ellie wasn't in the lineup tonight. Um, I think you're, you're picking your spot of when's the best day to, to give Ellie a day off. Um, and, and I think you have a valid argument. Okay, save Ellie for Friday against the Nationals. I think that's a valid argument. But you also do have a left-handed pitcher tonight. And we know that Ellie hasn't proven at this point he's better against left-handed pitching. So I, I don't know. Maybe they also saw something with Ellie where like, hey, he really needs a day off. Um, I, I don't know. TJ Friedel's the same case, although it does feel kind of weird when you bring TJ Friedel in like the sixth inning ends up playing half the game. I never really understood like the whole day off and then you end up playing half the game. Like that kind of feels like it does kind of negate a lot of that. But I did feel like TJ Friedel probably needed a day off. And again, today's you're picking your spots. Today was probably the best day to give him a day off. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not, ban- I'm not abandoning on the platoon overall. I, I think they've done it all year. I think it's 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 helped. Um, I, I want to ask you though, you if ahead. Ellie's not playing, who's the best third baseman on this team? I was trying to think about this throughout the game. Who is? I think it's still, still Sinzel, as awful as he looked tonight. Uh, it can't be Sinzel here moving forward. It just can't because well, who of, is? It, the, the, the 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 brain thing from here on out. I'm not trusting it. I can't. I can't trust it because it, 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 at any moment that goes away. And and the other thing I would say. And you might kill me for saying this. I would say it's a toss-up between CES and perhaps maybe Newman. You don't need as much range at third base. You don't. And that's one that's one thing about Kevin Newman that I think he's absolutely he's trash. He's garbage. He is. He's he, Kevin Newman is better at third base than he is at second base. He doesn't have to go as far. He's not asked to go as far. Balls that are hit to third base are usually hit a lot harder. You don't have as much reaction time. Either make the play or you don't make the play. I know people are laughing at me because it's like, oh, what do you believe in Kevin Newman? I think Kevin Newman is an absolute garbage middle infielder. Garbage. With a capital G, a capital A, a capital R, you get the point. He's garbage in the middle infield. He is. And the fact of the matter is, you know, to sit here and say that that guy should play shortstop or could play shortstop ever again in the major leagues is a joke. 
So we stick him at second base. I, I can't. I just can't watch it anymore. So yeah, I'd say maybe maybe he could play third base. CES maybe. Probably I mean, CES is he hasn't played third base in a long time. And neither and, has Senzel. And neither has Senzel really. I mean, that's like here's my question to you, Nick. What's the sample size? In the last two years, in the last two years, how many games has Senzel played at third base versus CES? I mean, I'm sure it's a lot more for for CES, but this year, I mean, Senzel. And look, I, I think you might have a point that maybe the Reds put a little too much faith in Nick Senzel's ability to play third base. Because I think part of the reason for the Reds completely taking CES off of third base, because he didn't play third base hardly at all his last like two or three weeks in the minors. They pretty much exclusively played him at first base. Um, was, I think, because they felt comfortable with Senzel as their backup. But yeah, you'd be putting, I, wouldn't you be putting CES in a tough spot, though? It's not about putting people in tough spots, in my opinion. They're major league baseball players. They got to figure it out. You're either valuable at a position or you're not. And and if CES isn't comfortable there or he's nervous there, then I'd like to find that out. I guess or we we could we could at least give it a shot. We didn't know what we were getting from eighty percent of this lineup, and we're figuring it out. You know, Williamson would have never been in the major leagues if if we sat here and we 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 expected to see great things from everybody before we put him at a position. So. I don't, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to overreact. I, I, I'm trying to be as rational as one could possibly be, but also be realistic in what I see. I just, I can't trust Nixon Zell to play third base again. I can't. I know that sounds over, I know that sounds overreactionary when I say that, but it's like he has a mental, he has a mental hurdle that he has to overcome, and he's not going to get enough opportunities, I think, to overcome that hurdle. Until he plays in another, you know, relatively meaningful spot, I guess. I don't know. I mean, how many times are these guys going to play together ever again? Are we just overreacting? Are these guys going to be in the... Let me ask you a quick question. Genuinely, what's the over-under on Stuart Fairchild, Nick Senzel, and Kevin Newman playing in the same baseball game again? One and a half? Uh, they'll be on the lineup together on Friday night. Maybe, Maybe. not in the same positions. I mean, are we sure, though? I just don't know. I... I I could be completely off base here. I'm not sure about that. I, I just, I, I, but beside the point, I don't know if I should make a big deal out of something I don't think is going to happen all that often any, any, anymore. Can I bring up something that I think is a little, maybe, maybe is a little um, hot takey, a little fanboy, a little overreactionary? What's Jose Barrero's splits against left handers? I, I, th I think he was a guy that was actually honestly pretty even. I, I don't think he had drastic. Okay. Well, all, all, all I'm getting at is that if 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 if, if I'm going to have someone deficient in a lot of things, like in in my opinion, Kevin Newman's deficient in in, a, in an in an okay amount of things, except maybe you could say he hits left-handed pitching a little bit better than 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 the average person, uh, major league baseball player. I, I at least I I'd at least like to have somebody that is an elite at something. And you know what? If 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 Jose Barrera has to come up and play second base. While while Jonathan India is hurt and we have a hole there, maybe I'm overreacting. But God bless it if it means that I don't have to watch Kevin Newman play there one more time, I'll take it. But again, that's probably a little over oversight. I see, I've seen this a couple times, Nick. I know what both of our answers are going to be. What's Marte doing? <laughs> I, I I I'm not I'm not willing to go there yet. I'm just not. Are you? I trust Jack too. Jack didn't think he was ready. Didn't think Connor Phillips was ready either. The next guy that I'm sure is going to come up. 
So that's where I'm kind of torn. I mean, I, I trust a guy like Jack that that's been at these games. That's that's watched these players. That's, uh, you know, been around them saying that they, they don't, he doesn't think that they're, you know, ready at this moment. I, I think the Reds have been pretty aggressive with players this year. So yeah, Abrera is actually, he's been worse against lefties. He's, He's been better most of his career against right-handed batters, right. right-handed pitchers. So he's not going to. And Brero's cooled off at, at Louisville. He was on fire, and now he's he's kind of back to Jose Brero. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do think Kevin Newman looked pretty good tonight, though. I know I I've just... never played baseball at a high level. I, I watched that one play that you were crushing him on. I watched it like <laughs> so seven mad at Kevin times. Newman. I hit rewind. I was watching. I'm like. I, I don't think anyone gets to this ball. <laughs> I just I, I don't know. You might be right a little bit, but I'm telling you, Nick. <laughs> oh, I think I just you guys are. It. I think you. I think you guys are looking for it. I think you. You want him. You want to see it. I think you see what you want to see a little bit. I, I don't last, know if I do. Last, I I just after don't last night, which was really bad. I I don't know if I do, Nick. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am blind. Maybe I am naive. Everybody thinks that their kids the best. It's at whatever they do. Maybe maybe it's the opposite of that with me and Kevin Newman. I think he's garbage. I think he gets late reads. I think he's slow. I think his feet look like concrete. I will tell you this, and this may me this may make me sound ignorant. This may maybe make me sound like I'm egotistic, and I hope that those things that you would realize that that's not where this comes from. I swear on my life that the ball that he had to dive on tonight, he dove, he caught the ball, he jumped up, he threw, he couldn't get the guy out. The guy beat the throw when he was at second base. That play. I swear on my life, you put me in the same position that Kevin Newman was in, in the same ball that was hit. I swear on my life, that I'm not saying I get the guy out, but I guarantee that I don't have to dive to pick that ball up. Guarantee it. And again, Kevin Newman is a 10,000-time ba- baseball player than I ever was. I'm not, I'm not saying that. He can hit way better than I could hit. Hell, I, 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 could, I could barely ever hit. But my point is, is that when I, when I come to expect a Major League Baseball player and I'm watching it, I should never, and I don't do this with Matt McClain, Ever, by the way. I've never watched Matt McClain take one ground ball and think to myself, I think I could have made that play. I think I could have got to that. I've not watched Ellie make one play in his life and thought to myself, I think I might have been able to play that. I watch Kevin Newman play second base and I and I and I think to myself, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm watching this ball, I'm watching the replay, and I just don't know how you make it look that hard and I do want to admit to you Nick I'm not trying to sound crazy I think that the play that he made where he backhanded it coming in was a good play I don't think it was as good as the cowboy made it sound to be and I don't know what the cowboy's doing up in the press box because he's also I want to remind everybody when cowboys ooing and on over Kevin Newman making plays at second he also let's not forget told you in the first inning that Nixon Zell's the best third baseman that the Reds have and it's not even close all right that's all I got for today <laughs> lively to the IL let's uh, go to a more fun topic do you um I don't want I am I am I being too am I too big of a conspiracy theory to think that the think that all these things are just being told to guys no yeah, I think that's a little conspiracy theory. Okay, fair enough. 
I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I is he is is it a big deal, Nick? Is it a big deal? I don't know. Is it is it a huge deal? I don't know if it's a huge deal. You think Connor Phillips is going to take his spot? I think that's what everybody wants to know. I don't know. I'm torn on it. I mean, I, I kind of like. Obviously, he has the highest upside of anyone you could bring up. But you know, I do. I trust Jack, and you know, you look back through. He walked five batters in his last start. Are you bringing up a guy that's commands not ready for for the show, and you're setting him up for failure in a really really tough spot? Um, I mean. Other thing to consider is that the next start will be against the Nationals, so that's kind of a good, good team to face. But I don't know; I'm kind of uh, torn on that. Ben Lively, though. I mean, what I will say is, uh, Lively's been incredible this year. Like, let's not forget. Like, I don't want to like gloss over the fact that he's been really, really good and 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 held a rotation spot that that the Reds desperately needed. But he's also kind of had this weird season where he started off so well. And then if you remember when he went on the IL, he was like, he got rocked like his last four or five starts before that came back off the IL. When he came back off the IL, it's kind of like, well, like, yeah, he's back. Like, I, I really don't expect it. Then he like rolled off like those like four or five great starts in a row. So I don't, I have no idea like what you would even expect from Lively to end the year. I think he's like such an unknown at this point that I, I, I don't know if it's a huge loss or not. Right. It's kind of where I'm at. I, don't I, I really, don't know. That's the, the, the I think that um I think that's an excellent point you make because the other thing that I would say is unfair to everyone yelling and screaming about the trade deadline stuff too in the same in the same breath is like you don't know what you're getting from these middle of the road back in number 4 number 5 type guys. You really don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates and Forrest Gump. I I Lively could have gone out and been a three, three and a half ERA for the rest of the year kind of guy. He could also have been a nine ERA guy, and nobody wants him. All right. Every single player, and I say player, I should say pitcher, that was on the deadline outside of Verlander, Nick. I mean, you gonna are you gonna let me ask you, would you be willing to bet your mortgage payment that whoever it is outside of Verlander is gonna have a better than five ERA the rest of the year with their new team? Lucas Giolito is going to have a hard time getting that up after his nine earned runs he allowed today. Yeah, so I just, I, that's the funny Some thing of, about me. I, I, I am on one side of the track where I'm, I'm screaming and yelling that he's out here starting these platoon guys two days in a row. But in the same breath, I'm on the other side of saying Nick Crawl's still great at his job. It is, it's okay that we didn't go out and try to get a bunch of guys because at the end of the day, Nick, I'm with you. I don't know what we're getting from a lot of these guys. I don't know. So, someone to bring up in the chat, I think it's a good point. Dallas Keuchel yeah, um, did, did just opt out. And, and look, I think that his ERA is incredibly deceiving. I've seen a lot of people bring that up, but that's okay. His, we don't need him to have a 0.54 ERA or whatever it was. We need him to have a 5 ERA, right? And could he do that? Maybe. I think he might be worth a shot. So I think that could be an option. And Levi Stout also could come back up. I know he hasn't looked really good, but he is a guy that does have have some. He has a couple quality pitches that 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 I think he could fool a couple teams for a couple games, and that's really, if we're being honest here, that's what we're looking for, right? Yeah. We're we're almost looking for who can come up and fool a team for a couple games until Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are back. Yeah. Um, are you a little disappointed that this bullpen didn't get any help, though? I mean, we got one guy. Yeah, I would have liked another bullpen arm. Um. For sure. 
Yeah, yeah. and that—that that, I guess if if you were to say, hey, what what are you the most disappointed with 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 crawl and maybe the front office is like, I I wasn't so much trying to latch on to these starting pitchers because I just didn't think that there was that that they're just I don't know. It seemed like there was a bunch of Honda Accords available when when we when we were trying to win the drag race on Main Street. You know what I'm saying? I I just just because we're getting a Honda Accord, yeah, it's maybe a little bit better than this Pinto we've been driving around, but it's not good enough to ultimately get us where we need to go regardless. The the relief pitching, I did think, was different, though. I feel like this bullpen has been taxed a lot, and I concern myself over what that looks like here towards the end of the year. And you could send Duarte and, and Cruz down to AAA, have them as, yeah. uh, you know, they, ha- they have options. You bring in another guy, and you've kind of... Uh, you filled your depth a little bit more. I'm sure that, that some of these other guys, you know, that are, that are coming back, um, you know, Antone Gutierrez, I, I, my guess is if, if, if you're being, they're being completely honest, it was more of a situation where, yeah, we could use an upgrade, um, but we don't want to give up a prospect for someone that honestly, in two weeks we might go, well, we, we, we ha- we're going to have to DFA someone right to to make yeah. room for for everyone and i think that's probably probably what it came down to but then we'll talk about anton in a second he uh threw a scoreless inning tonight at, at the triple a level this isn't in the arizona complex league this is at the the triple a level so he could be back soon gutierrez is joining um hunter green on saturday I guess Green starting, then Gutierrez is coming in after him. Gutierrez is going to be used as a reliever. So, I mean, that, that's two guys that are at AAA that could be back in the next couple of weeks. That that I think could be almost as good as most guys that you're probably looking at, right? I agree. I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, that's fair. I, the only argument I'd make is those guys. Those the, all of those guys are coming back from an injury. All of them. Yeah. The guys that you could pick up from a deadline perspective could be having. Above average, you know, like, and again, I don't, I'm not saying there's more Buck Farmers out there because I was the guy that said that you should trade Buck Farmer. I, I, I would, I would much rather have a guy like um, Sam Mall, who's had an had an above average year based off of his statistical nature throughout his career, coming over in a trade and trying to continue that success, and having maybe one or two more of those types of guys than to beg on an Antone to be consistently good at the major league level in meaningful baseball when the guy's coming back from two TJs and he and you don't know what you're gonna get. And you got Legamina who's coming back and you got Vladdy who's coming back. And like yeah, like this it all sounds well and good on paper, but until it's actually in an actual game in a meaningful situation, we don't know what we get. We have no idea. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll go the right way, but I'm always gonna I'm always gonna lend myself Nick to 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 wanting a guy that's been doing it all year as opposed to a guy coming back from an injury. Well, and let, let's hope that the the front office has a pretty good pulse on on what those guys are looking like in Arizona because they point. know far more than we do, and yeah. they could be completely full of it and fooling themselves, or maybe they actually do legitimately say, "Hey, all the reports we're getting, hey, Vlad Gutierrez, his his velocity's up two miles an hour as we're using him as a reliever," and. and I thought that uh, Zach Fries did a really great job on off the bench today filling in. One point that he brought up that I, I really, really liked was um, he talked about Hunter Green, how Hunter Green, after he came back off the I.L. last year, was better. So some of these guys, you know, like, yeah, like Sam Mull has been great all year, but he's also thrown 40-plus innings. Vlad Gutierrez, Hunter Green, sure. they're a little fresher. And, and how much is that worth? I, right. I don't know, but 
but but that could also have a um a positive effect. So we'll just have to kind of see, you know, I guess what they look like when they kind of come yeah. back. No, that's an ex- that's an excellent counterpoint. I mean, um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's why they play the games. As a reminder, I do want to tell everybody that's been pissed off, frustrated, ready to drive off the, the, the car off the proverbial cliff. This Reds team can fight and claw and find a way to win tomorrow. It looks great. Everything else looks great. Got the Nationals coming to town with, I'd argue, the good side of our starting pitching. If they don't win tomorrow, though, boy, it's not going to go well, at least on social media, so stay off of it if you're looking to stay positive. Want some Reds MILB? Let's do it. Little Bats, they won 5-4 over Omaha. The Bats had a walk-off hit-by-pitch. They improved to 55-47 and on the season. Bats are three and a half back in the West Division of the International League. Not a whole lot going on in this one. Uh, Marte 0 for 4 with three strikeouts tonight. Uh, but TJ Antone did pitch a scoreless any one strikeout. Velocity was down a little bit from what we saw before. Not sure if that was expected or not. Also was not throwing his curveball. I think it was all uh, sinker sweepers. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, pitch a scoreless inning at the AAA level. That's really good to see. Uh, Double A Chattanooga, <laughs> they got blasted by Tennessee. Of course, that's the Cubs affiliate. They lost thirteen to four. Lookouts already clinched a playoff spot with their first uh, half championship, but they're fifty-one and forty-six on the season. Uh, Julian Aguiar, it's been a little bit more of a struggle for him after the promotion from uh, High A. Uh, gave up four runs, walked four batters over four and two-thirds innings. Not a whole lot good on the offensive side of the ball for the Lookouts. Dayton Dragons, they are on fire. They've won 10 of 11. They won 4-1 tonight. They've improved to 52 and 46 on the season. And the Dragons now have a one-game lead in the East Division of the Midwest League. The Dragons look to get back to the playoffs. I don't think they've been to the playoffs in a long, long time. Edwin Arroyo was one for four. Austin Callahan had a big night, three for four, with a pair of doubles. And then the Tortugas, they won 6-1 over St. Lucie, 42 and 53 on the season. Uh, Collier was one for two with a walk. Hector Rodriguez had a big night, two for four, stole two bases. He's got 13 stolen bases on the year. Nice job, as always. Reds MILB presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Reds Cubs, Thursday, 8.05 p.m. Reds going for a series split. It'll be Jamison Talion for the Cubs. Tough year for him, five and six, 5.46 ERA. But over his last four starts, he's got a 1.78 ERA. Only allowed one home run in his last 25 innings pitched. Has struggled at Wrigley this year, though. Six and a half ERA at home. Much better ERA in the road. For the Reds, it'll be Luke Weaver. Coming in, one of his better starts of the year at Dodger Stadium. Six innings, one earned run allowed. Uh, Two home runs, though. uh, Both to Max Muncy. Looking for something in Weaver. He has been better on the road this year. He's got an ERA of 5.76 on the road versus an ERA well above eight at home. Do you think the Reds are going to play tomorrow, Nick? I, I think they're going to play tomorrow. I think Luke Weaver's going to pitch well. You know what? I've got it all night. I think Luke Weaver's going to pitch well. I think he's got a good run in him. Let's go. Yeah, you know what? I want to say this. I'm going to be in unison with you on that. For as much as people think that we probably dislike each other at times, I, I, I can't tell you that I, I, I wouldn't do the show with anyone else, one. Two, I think that Nick is the smartest baseball 
Reds baseball guy there is. I'm not just saying that because he's here. I'm, I'm, I genuinely mean that. The only thing is, is that at some point, I'd like to think that we can all agree Kevin Newman sucks at baseball. And if we could ever get to that point, I think we could all hold hands and, and sing Kumbaya and have world peace. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We greatly appreciate all of the love and support. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, well, what are you waiting for? Do it right now as we have new episodes available bright and early the morning after every single Reds game this season, just in time for your daily commute, your morning coffee, or however else you get your day started. And also, make sure that you're subscribed to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so you can join us live after every single Reds game this season and be a part of the conversation. Hit the bell and turn on notifications also so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. We hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, go Reds.